you didn't get somebody under 40 unless there was a serious issue. There would always be an identifiable reason as to why they had hypogonadism. Fast forward to the last 10 years, right. now all of a sudden I'm seeing 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids who when I saw their levels back then would be through the roof and now they're 100, 200, freeze of five, six, seven. It's very disturbing. It, to me, it's a health crisis. Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple. If you want proven nutrition strategies to help you build a better body and create the energy to show up for your family without overly restrictive and unrealistic dieting, then you're in the right place. Make sure to subscribe and enjoy this episode. Are we in the midst of a men's health crisis? In today's episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show, I had the pleasure of chatting with Dr. Rob Kominiarik. Dr. Rob's a board-certified fellow of the American College of Osteopathic Family Physicians with more than 25 years of experience helping thousands of patients reclaim their health through hormonal optimization. Dr. Rob has advanced certifications in age management medicine and bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. He's also the president and medical director of Renew Health, He's a U.S. Army veteran, a renowned speaker, and Amazon best-selling author. Dr. Rob's passion is directed towards the overall health of the mind and the body through proper nutrition, regular exercise, appropriate supplementation, and the intelligent optimization of hormones when clinically necessary. In today's conversation, Dr. Rob and I talk about his experience at the forefront of men's testosterone optimization and how the practice of TRT has changed over the course of his career. We talk about the myths and misunderstandings around testosterone and why laboratory parameters around what is considered quote-unquote normal have shifted in the last decade. We talk about how environmental toxicity plays a role in our health, ways to remove environmental toxins from our lives, and why everyone should be detoxing twice a month. Finally, we talk about appropriate lab tests for hormonal optimization, downsides of HCG, his view on peptides like GLP-1 agonists, such as semaglutide and terzepatide, problems associated with pop-up testosterone clinics, and his best practices for treating low T naturally and pharmaceutically. I learned a ton in this conversation and I hope that it provides you with as much value as it did for me. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Rob. Dr. Rob, welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. How are you today, sir? Good. Good to be here, Ben. Thanks for having uh, dude, me Dude, absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I've been uh, meaning to have you on for quite some time. I've been following you for a while uh, through Jay Campbell, through Allie Gilbert, had uh, opportunity to meet up with you at her recent summit, and um, so serendipitous that we're able to have you on the show and share your knowledge with our audience. So thank you. Thank you for making the time. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Um, you've been a doctor for a long time, so 27, 28 years, but you've been specializing in men's health uh, for a significant portion of that time, and you've been at the forefront of, we'll say, testosterone optimization for a large period of that time. What is it that that puts you in that position? How is it that you started to specialize so seemingly early on in 
in an industry yeah. that was where it's likely taboo. didn't exist. Yeah, exactly. Didn't even exist. So that's a great question because I, I, it was not my intention. Uh, I was in an ER residency and a family medicine residency, and I had opened an urgent care uh, for a hospital system out in Western Ohio. This is 1996. All right. Yeah. So it, it was a while ago. And this kid had pulled out in front of a car um, on a motorcycle and skipped off the A pillar and flew over the car. And we packed him up and sent him off to the emergency room. And he had blood all over his hips. And I, he was in pretty bad shape. And um, that urgent care, maybe like six months later, he shows up there. And I didn't realize it was him because we never took his helmet off, you know. And um, it took a couple of visits and it, it, it was like, oh, you were the kid that skipped off that car. Well, he had lost a testicle in the accident and then had to have the other one taken in surgery. So he had no testosterone. Mm. And, you know, this is 1996, right? You know, guys in the gym, my first exposure to testosterone was in high school. and Guys were buying it at Tractor Farm Supply, you know, right. for the... <laughs> That's where they were getting it. You know, like, I, what are you doing? So anyways, um, I, I was like, oh, you need testosterone. You know, grab Harrison's textbook of internal medicine, Sipionate 200 milligrams IM every two weeks. Okay. Called the endocrinologist just to double check. And he was like, yeah, 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 click. So that's what I did. And what happened was, is he felt better. And I went, that's cool. But then he would feel bad again. And I'm like, this seems like a terrible way to live. Feel good, feel bad, feel good, feel bad. And um, I, I worked out in this gym and I knew some of the bodybuilders there. And I said to the one guy, I said, you know, I know you take a lot of testosterone. Like, how do you take this stuff and not feel bad? Like, I've got a, this young patient. He feels good part of the time then he feels bad. And I said, I'm just curious how you take it. And um, he, he had his, you know, whey protein and he unscrewed the cap on the container. He put his hand and he pulls out this sheet of paper and shakes it out because it's covered in whey protein powder and it, it, he showed it to me and, I, and what i saw in there was you know testosterone cypionate 200 milligrams i am monday wednesday friday and i went holy crap that's a lot a lot you know so uh i went back to the office like the next day got a physician's desk reference it was the big pdr this huge reference of medications Went through the PDR, started reading about sipping A, propionate, anthate, pharmacodynamics, kinetics, all this stuff. And I'm like, okay. So three days a week, but I'm not giving him 200. That just seems way out there. If Harrison's textbook of internal medicine says a shot. Right. So I just ratcheted it way down and started giving it to him Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And all of a sudden, the, you know, this young man was like, I feel good. I feel good all the time. And I was like, oh, okay. And that's what piqued my interest. And um you know, back in the night, the, the mid nineties, early two thousands, everyone that I saw was 40 and older cancer patient, radiation, chemotherapy, trauma, some kind of severe chronic disease, nobody under 40 years old. And to be clear, you're seeing them specifically for hormone health. It would be other things, but not the fascination that I had. I would Got check it. testosterone levels. But you didn't get uh, somebody under 40 unless there was a serious issue. So it, like I said before, they were some kind of cancer, chemotherapy, radiation, 
uh, some kind of poisoning, so lead poisoning um, or iron toxicity, there would always be an identifiable reason as to why they had hypogonadism. Not, you know, fast forward to the last 10 years, right, right. where now all of a sudden I'm seeing 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids who, when I saw their levels back then, would be through the roof. And now they're 100, 200, freeze of five, six, seven. And there's been such a change in um, the patient population. Uh, It's very disturbing. To me, it's a health crisis. Yeah, absolutely. So so you stumbled upon it at a time when it wasn't really needed outside of extenuating circumstances. And here we are now, some 25 years later, plus. Very different. uh, Yeah, and... We are exactly like you said. We're in a, a health crisis on on multiple multiple levels. How have you seen the use of testosterone replacement therapy, the practices of testosterone optimization, progress over time? Um, in that, it seems like it's progressed a heck of a lot slower than perhaps it should have, given the health crisis that we're facing. Not in the last 10 years, it's really accelerated. And the last 10 years have been very nice because everything that I would read back then, and yeah, remember, this is really pre-internet. So you had Harrison's textbook of internal medicine, urology textbooks, andrology textbooks. You went to the medical library and did your research. You didn't get on the computer and Google stuff that didn't exist. And, um, you know, you would go and you'd find your studies or I'd go to the librarian and say, hey, I'm looking for these things. Can you find me these studies? And a week or two later, she would have a stack of stuff for you to read. So it was pretty slow going. And back then, when I would mention to to mentors of mine and to, to trainers, I would say, hey, what do you think about this? Or I'm doing that. And I can remember one guy looking at me and just giving me the eyeball and going, you're going to kill people. And I was like, wait, what? Like, wh- where's he come up with that? Like, Where's where's this misconception that testosterone kills people? You gotta remember, this is the mid nineties, mm-hmm. right? So you know, I'm going through data. I'm like, where am I going to find this? Because this kid feels good, and then I got other people that I'm treating. You know, some chemotherapy patients, cancer patients, things like that, and they feel good. So where's that come from? So then you get into the 2000s, early 2000s, women's health initiative scares the living bejesus out of everybody trying to you know, disseminate through that research and that data over time. Are, are you talking about the suggested link? Hormones between... cause cancer and heart attacks right. and strokes, right? And, and you know, disseminating through that data over the next several years. And the media blew that up like crazy, like, you know, hormones causes heart attacks and strokes. Then you get in the later 2000s and um, starts to get a little bit better. That, but then you have an onslaught of studies saying, you know, really bad studies saying that testosterone causes heart attacks and strokes, which turns out not to be true, to the point where you arrive where we're at now in the last five to six years, it's been um, vindication through all the randomized controlled double-blind studies and all the data out there in 50 years of testosterone use that, hey, it's the exact opposite is true. It's actually you know cardioprotective in many cases. Um, that it's beneficial. It does not cause prostate cancer. So 
all those myths and, and misunderstandings over the years, it's nice to be in this arena now having, you know, navigated the environment over the last 20 years yeah. um, to where we've arrived at today. Now the problem is, is there's just, it's all hands on deck because there's a men's health crisis and a women's health crisis for that matter too. And just the laboratory, for example, is really distressing. 10 years ago, the laboratory parameters for testosterone were very different. To now, it's well, you know, we've adjusted the parameters based on, you know, X number of men that had a BMI less than 30, but it was greater than 25. And so now we've got a subset of unhealthy men that you've taken the averages of their levels and you're using that as the parameters to judge healthy people. Yeah. So normals uh, based it, on Homer Simpson. Basically. Yeah, exactly. And it's crazy. So, you know, before where the levels would be, you know, 400 to, because they were all across the board, they've been as low as 150 and as high as 1600. So like where in that range is that supposed to be? So then, you know, you get an individual who has all the symptoms, but say has a total of 500 and a free of seven. And that's quote unquote normal by uh, maybe 12 different labs, but in five other labs, it isn't. And so, yeah. you know, where's the standardization and anything that's been done, everything's just been shifted so hard left that it makes the most profoundly low levels, quote unquote, normal, which is just insane. Just to be clear for, for our, our listeners is over the years, we've seen a shifting in the norms of what is considered to be normal testosterone ranges to the, to the degree now where what would have once been considered quite low is within the quote unquote Nor normal, quote -unquote normal range. range. Right. Which is funny. I just checked mine the other day and my total was 1010. Uh, and, and, and in the reference range, 916 is the upper level of normal. So I'm super physiologic naturally because I'm not on testosterone, which is ridiculous. And well, you know, that's, that's six, six, good. six and, years ago, that would have been inside the normal range, uh, yep. still within the normal range. But now it makes me super physiologic, which is just ludicrous. Well, it's so, impressive. Uh, I need to figure out what you're doing because me, despite being natural, I'm significantly lower. And perhaps that's why we're having this conversation. Yeah, I can educate it, myself and educate our clients. That, that's part of the problem. I, I, in the older generation, I'll say 50 and older, I still get guys that are still producing really good levels of testosterone like myself. It's not unusual. But I'll tell you, 45 and younger, you don't see it. And it's all theory, but... All the toxicity, the exposure to uh, different medications, anxiolytics, antidepressants, ADHD medication, statins, opioids, marijuana, all these things negatively impact the uh, hypothalamic pituitary testicular access. Now add on atrazine, glyphosate, bird contraception, aluminum, cadmium, mercury, all the toxins. The right. average individual is walking around with like 200 different toxins in their system. And these toxins love to sit in fat and they love to go to central nervous system tissue. So, which means the brain. And so then you, if you get somebody, for example, that has a genetic, uh, you know, polymorphism, let's say they're missing the ATP binding cassette and they don't detox well, or they have methylation issues, which is important for detox, detoxification. They don't process stage one hydroxylation, stage two methylation well. And so they get an accumulation of toxins. And where do those things go? They love to go to central nervous system tissue and fat. 
And so now you've got this just bioaccumulation of all these uh, endocrine disrupting chemicals. So I don't think it's one thing in particular. I think it's a combination of things, but it's just gotten so bad. And the number of individuals that I see with toxicities at this point, it, it's just, it, it's a yeah. health crisis. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm sure you've heard of, uh, you know, when they've done the the research studies of like the number of, of toxins in like the umbilical cord. Right. And I think probably there's something to the exposure from, you know, just the, the, the amount of exposure that my mother was exposed to versus your mother and sort of mm -hmm. just being at a natural disadvantage. And for every generation that as we move forward, it's going to continue to decline. And we see that with sperm production, with testosterone production, hence the, the, the lowering of the norms. We have all these sick people and because we're seeing lower levels, let's take normal and shift it down to yeah. the left. Well, that, we're doing this on, in every single every, capacity of life. It's, it's like we don't want it people It absolutely to... makes no sense. And then you have the organizations, right? Endocrinology, urology, cardiology. Then want to base their recommendations for treatment off sick people and sick people's values. Just, it makes no sense. Absolutely just ludicrous. Well, pretty soon you're not going to be able to tell people that they have low testosterone because you will hurt their feelings in the process. <laughs> I haven't run into that yet. <laughs> now, okay. Hopefully that doesn't happen. So with that said, you know, the fact that we are at a disadvantage, men's uh, testosterone levels are significantly lower than they once were. We're, we're being bombarded by environmental toxicity and um, estrogen you know, producing chemicals and what have you, uh, how hard is it in your experience? Cause I want to start to get into, you know, ways that we can treat this ways that we can treat it naturally ways that we can treat it pharmaceutically. Um, and even within pharmaceutical treatment, what is the best case scenario depending on the person? So in your experience and, you know, maybe we can walk through a couple different scenarios of natural ways for someone to uh, start to improve their testosterone levels. Should they come into you, be on the low end, not feel great, right? In mm -hmm. terms of symptoms, like where do we go from there? All depends on the individual and what kind of compliance I can get. So there's going to be different segments. How I treat um, a 60-year-old man who's had a major adverse cardiovascular event and has low testosterone, he's insulin resistant, behind the metabolic eight ball, high triglycerides, high LDL, low HDL, maybe he's LP, little a is elevated, LP, PLA, that's a very different issue mm -hmm. from a 30-year-old who's got a total of 210, which I saw somebody like this morning in a free of three. And where's that problem? And when I challenged him with testosterone, he felt nothing. So that right there tells me those receptors doesn't have a lot of antigen receptor density, doesn't have a lot of sensitivity, he's not going to transcribe, translocate hormones at all, then tack on top of that CAG sequence issues. This is the 30-year-old you're referring to or the 60-year-old? 30-year-old. And so is that is that genetic? Is that an, an event related? Is it just... So that is a toxicity issue. So where am I going to go with that? So to give you an example here... Uh, when I challenge somebody with testosterone, testosterone is a brain hormone. 
where are you going to feel it? You're going to feel it up here. The major complaint that men have is decreased mental acuity. They just don't feel as sharp. Maybe they have some dyscalculia. They just, they're just not sharp. They can't do math yeah. well yeah. And for whatever it is. They just feel foggy and not alert. And then when you give them testosterone, what'll happen in very quickly in 15, 20 minutes. Are you or orally? Yeah, orally. Okay. So it'll it'll hit them in their brain, their eyes light up, their cheeks get rosy because of the vasodilatation that they get. You know, they start looking around the room and they're like, the lights just got brighter. Yeah, right. it's because your brain just turned on. Right. So there's a, a large amount of uh, testosterone receptors in the frontal lobe. So you're gonna get a pretty strong response. Now, if they have a lot of toxicity, they're not going to respond at all. Because especially with mercury, you get no response. They'll just sit here and look at it like, I don't feel anything. Got it. Right. So it's a strong indication that I'm, I'm dealing with the toxicity. Issue. And that's, so that's a detox related. Right. So I might take a different pathway with that individual versus a 60 year old with major adverse cardiovascular events, because the data is going to be very different and how I'm going to approach that. Now, so in somebody younger, if I can recover that hypothalamic pituitary testicular thyroid adrenal access, you know, the body has an amazing capacity to heal itself given the right environment. But the environment is getting so bad. I don't care where you get your water, it's going to be nasty. In, in all the municipalities across the United States, there are no regulations for dealing with PFAS right now. They, they're, they're, they're not. And, they wouldn't, and if the EPA dropped something about how to deal with it, they wouldn't know what to do just yet. Um, and you're not dealing with parts per million, you're doing parts per trillion. Um, and I'm not promoting anybody, uh, but I just had added an additional water filter to my filtration system in my home because now they have, Culligan has a, a PFAS filter. So they have a fourth filter now that you can add to your reverse osmosis, charcoal, permeability filters to help filter that down. So getting control of your environment. You can't control the world, but you can try and control your environment. So where your water's coming from, where are you getting your food, are you getting free range, organic grass fed, or are you getting, you know, uh, industrial farmed fish that's uh, farm raised farm versus raised. line caught? And you can see the difference. You can smell the difference when you look at the meat and the fish. So doing everything you can to, to, to eliminate the toxins in your immediate world, in your home, what you use, what you consume, you know, uh, drink and, and feed on. So doing everything that you can eliminate it, as much toxicity as possible. And then doing a detox twice a month where you're trying to keep your system as clean as possible. And then I'll see a lot of hormone levels, really thyroid, testosterone start to correct themselves. There's a lot of variability there. There's some people you're not going to be able to for multiple reasons. Um, and then there's some that they'll, they'll do really well. And then there's no. others who are just not going to be able to recover. Them. I, I really appreciate the approach. I mean, we talk about nutrition and fitness and food quality and hydration all of the time. And so our audience knows full well the value in it, but especially as it applies to hormone optimization and especially in a situation where it's like, listen, you know, we're in this health crisis, there's clinics on every corner where I think it's it like you said it's it's much more accepted now um, 
there's a lot of guys in, in my community, you know, I live in Scottsdale, like you want to look good, you know, yeah. drive nice cars, have low body fat. There's a lot of guys that are leveraging testosterone that maybe some should, maybe some shouldn't, doesn't matter. Point is that the reason why they're using it, um, or perhaps using it as a panacea and maybe as a bandaid. Whereas, yeah. listen, if you truly care about optimizing it, we have to be taking a look at some of those foundational principles first. The, the foundational principles are always important, right? So sleep, exercise, restorative practices, prayer, meditation, Tai Chi, yoga, whatever is going to bring down stress, doing your diagnostics on a regular basis. So in-depth laboratory, um, hormones, supplementation, those come into play. Uh, but sleep and nutrition, top of the list, without a doubt, because all chronic disease, insulin resistance, inflammation, decreased autophagy, mitochondrial dysfunction, um, then, then you get into detoxification. So hydroxylation, methylation, transulfuration, um, cell membrane uh, stability uh, and resistance. That this is what all leads to chronic disease. And so how can you affect those areas? Well, your sleep, your exercise, restorative practices, nutrition, hormones, supplementation. Right. So with nutraceuticals and being strategic with those things, not just shotgunning, because you can open up any life extension magazine and start reading through and go, oh my God, I need that. I need that. I need that. So, you know, how are you? Do you be strategic for what your body needs that's going to ultimately make the biggest difference in your overall health and wellness so that you get up and that you feel energized every day, which is really just feeling, you know, how you normally should feel. But when your body's just, you know, I'm 58, bogged down with 58 years of infections, viral, bacterial illnesses, bioweapons, um, uh, the toxins, age in general, mitochondrial dysfunction that comes with aging. How do you offset all that? And you've got to improve the system by every facet possible. And depending on what your personal uh, approach is to things, I'm very much want my body and believe your body is capable of healing itself given the right environment. So give it the right environment and it can do wonderful things. When you have to finally intervene, absolutely intervene. That can happen at any age. It's not like, oh, when you get to 40, you suddenly have to intervene or 50 or 60. That can happen in your 20s. That can happen in your 50s. I'm one of the fortunate ones that right now, you know, everything's working. But if it comes to a point in time where it's not, well, then I'm going to utilize it for sure. Hey, guys, I want to interrupt this conversation briefly with an exciting announcement. If you're a father and struggling to lose the pounds that have crept on over the years, I understand your challenge. You're juggling a successful career, a loving family, and now you're looking to regain that energy and physique that seems to have slipped away. And that's exactly why I created PrimeFit Operating System. PrimeFit OS is a unique hybrid coaching program designed specifically for men like you. Now, you guys know me, we're not about quick fixes or impossible routines. Instead, we focus on real sustainable change through personalized nutrition and science-driven strength training, all wrapped up in a supportive community with expert guidance 
directly from me and my 20 years of experience working with men just like you. Imagine mastering your nutrition without restrictive dieting, getting stronger and leaner and boosting your overall energy all without overwhelming your already busy schedule. With Prime Fit OS, you're getting more than just a cookie cutter nutrition and fitness plan. You're embarking on a transformative journey that fits into your life, not the other way around. So if you're ready to take the first step towards a healthier, leaner, stronger, more energetic, confident, ass-kicking you, join us over at Prime Fit Operating System. Trust me, guys, your family, your career, and most importantly, you will thank you for it. So if you guys are interested in getting started and want to find out more about the program, let's chat. Just head over to primefitos.com forward slash call and grab a time on my calendar. Remember, it's your time to be at your prime. So if we're in a situation where we know we need to address nutrition and lifestyle factors, or maybe we've already, you know, we're in the process of addressing those, but we decide that we want to expedite the process. What does that look like from a um, intervention standpoint in terms of, you know, are we looking at, at CIRMs? Are we looking at um, creams? Are we looking at synthetic? How do you, you know, what's the, the hierarchy there? So if we want to take a more natural approach and test and treat the system to see if we can recover um, I like selective estrogen receptor modulators, and that's one part of the equation. One part's dealing with the brain, the other part's dealing with systems, uh, the testicles, the liver, right? So optimizing hormone production, optimizing brain function, cleaning out the systems, that's a more natural approach. If that fails, if you test the system, and try to treat the system, and you can't get symptom resolution, then you can always move to the big tool in the toolbox, which would be testosterone. Yeah. What pathway you go from there, delivery options, whether it's injectable, oral, transdermal, uh, implant, depends on the individual compliance issues. You know, What I might use for a 70-year-old individual who has compliance issues would be different than I would use for a 30-year-old who I don't. So in the case of the CIRMs, and clomiphene is is one of those, right? And and so, when would you typically use something like that, and what would someone experience ideally? So it, you can use it just about at any age, but I definitely like using it in younger men, and I institute it to see if we can recover their normal hypothalamic pituitary access. So that they can feel better versus taking over control with testosterone, right? The and big you, tool in the toolbox that's got a little bit of permanency to it. You know, once those right. receptors right. are not, when they're no longer naive to exogenous testosterone, they behave differently. Yeah. I think that that's probably one of the biggest obstacles for men that I speak with is just lack of clarity on what their options actually are. And, you know, to be fair, Dr. Rob is like, listen, just because it's generally accepted right now, you know, to utilize testosterone replacement and, and optimize for testosterone, there's not a lot of practitioners that really are on the forefront of knowing how to, to do all of this, like you and a lot of the, 
the network that you surround yourselves with, right? There's there's just a lot of the standardized principles of 100 milligrams per week and, you know, sure. estrogen blockers and there's your protocol and I'll talk to you yeah. in six months. Yeah, unfortunately, um, and I don't disagree with them pushing the telemedicine decision to December of 2024, you know, the DEA. But as soon as that decision was made, within six weeks, the telemedicine, you know, pop-up tea clinics were, you know, by the dozens popping up. And it's created even a bigger problem from my perspective, because now all of a sudden you have um, a lot of lay people getting into, you know, testosterone clinics that are really, you know, fly by the seat of their pants. We're going to sell you testosterone. We're going to put you on this. And there's no real um, management going on. And, um, you know, they won't be there very long because they end up coming to, you know, an office like mine because there's all kinds of problems, right? Well, that's, and so that's where it's, it's like, I want men to understand that they have options because like I was saying is one of the biggest obstacles is understanding. It's like, Hey, I'm, you know, like I'm 44, right? So in me considering you utilizing testosterone replacement, my first thought is, well, I don't want to have to inject myself multiple times per week for the rest of my life. And I think most men think that way when in reality, well, there's a number of things that we can do prior to that to see if we can jumpstart, you know, brain activation, even if we do decide to go down that road, I'm hearing is from you, from you is, well, perhaps there's a transdermal option that might be a much better option than utilizing uh, injections. Is yeah. that fair? It is. So I don't ever tell anybody what to do. I always lay out their options based on what I see in their data. And based on what I see, I'm like, listen, in my clinical experience of doing this now, you know, 28 years, this is what I see. This is what I recommend. And you tell me which way you'd like to proceed. Because it's not really up to me to decide for them. They need to decide for themselves. They just need to know what the options are. And they're really, when you get down to it, there's not a whole lot of options out there because there's going to be pros and cons to which route you choose. So I always like to try for me personally, and I encourage a more natural route first, because once we go down the path of exogenous testosterone, whatever the delivery system, you're not going back. It's it, And you know, so it's, your more natural route would be something like in clomiphene. And, and then would you combine that with the HCG? Uh, no, I usually use one or the other. I'm not a fan of HCG. I know there's others that are out, out there that are. I know there's ones that are not fans of enclomiphene uh, and they have their reasons. But HCG, you know, it's gotten expensive. So cost becomes a factor. It is quite estrogenic. You can get pretty profound anxiety with it. So um, it, it can be problematic. And then usually over a couple of years, it just doesn't work as effective. You know, when you get down to it, the big tool in the toolbox, it's, it's we know what it's going to do. It's got a very well-known side effect profile that is relatively easy to manage. And most men, 80, 90% will do well on it, but there's always going to be that 10 to 20% that are constantly going to have issues for different reasons. And then that's where the intensive management comes in. It's always great when you put a guy on a testosterone and it's like, yeah, he just needs a checkup every six months, but not everybody's like that. Not right. everybody goes on it and just smooth sailing the whole time. 
And for your clients that are actually utilizing testosterone, what do you tend to utilize more, uh, more cream, more injections, more pellets, like what's best practices in your clinical experience? Sure. I used to use pellets years ago. Um, I stopped back in 2010, 2009, 10. So I did pellets for quite a few years. And, and I just came to the conclusion, uh, these are just not physiologic. I don't like doing the procedure. There's less invasive ways to do this. And I can replicate a more physiologic release of testosterone uh, versus doing implantable. And I, I've used all three. I've used injectable testosterone. I've used transdermal testosterone. I've used oral testosterone. Me personally, I've never used pellets. It just wasn't for me. Um, and they're all great delivery methodologies. I'm not a fan of some of the commercial product that's out there. It's just too far underdosed compared to the When you say commercial product, what is that? Uh, uh, so the commercial product that you get, like Androgel, for example, or- okay. Um, there's a testosterone on decanoate that's, um, oral. I can't remember the name of it, which is not a fan. It's just way, way underdosed. You'd have to take four to six tablets. And so would you typically levels. compound your formulations? Right. You want to have a compounded medication that's going to move the needle, right? Cause you need to move that physio physiologic needle to get effect. So, you know, overdosing is just as can be just as bad as underdosing but underdosing to me is always way worse because now we're not we're not providing any protection we're not getting the benefit of the hormone because you're just not getting enough okay i got you i got you and so if and when men do start to go down that road what are the things that they uh, should be concerned about should that they should be discussing with their doctor that their doctor should potentially be looking at with respect to their lab work. Again, man, I know that the, the community that we surround ourselves with are much more progressive than what I'm seeing in generalities here. And, and so I have a lot of guys that are asking the questions around, you know, my doctor's just testing total or yeah. they're not doing Inadequate. anything. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And yeah. So, so comprehensive laboratory. It's a, always a good place to start. CBC, Chem 14, total free testosterone, estradiol, estrone. I look at 33 different hormones and metabolites. ACTH, cortisol, vitamin D, homocysteine, B12, folate, LH, FSH, prolactin, cortisol, uh, growth hormone, IGF-1, IGF binding protein 3, DHT, sex hormone binding globulin. Like you need a comprehensive laboratory, not a calculated cholesterol, at least get a nuclear magnetic resonance, lipoprotein profile, copper, zinc, selenium. I mean, there's just, most what happens is individuals will come to my office and we screen them beforehand. They're like, oh, I've already got labs. In all the years doing this, I think I've had two people actually show up with the labs that I want. And it's because they saw somebody that, you know, has worked with me. <laughs> So I'm right. very comprehensive in my laboratory. I want comprehensive labs. I want to see what the entire system is doing in unison at one time. I don't want some cursory laboratory where you've just got a total free and estradiol, a DHT, and maybe a sex hormone binding globulin. To me, that's insufficient to know what's happening in the entire endocrine system. 
Yeah, but, that's maybe what required by, you know, whatever college of medicine and, you know, whatever office you're going to like, hey, you know, cost wise, you know, maybe that's a hundred bucks, you know. But versus, you and I both know that's what most yeah. docs are going to run, especially yeah. if they're GPs, especially if they're dabbling in hormone optimization, you know, it's so insufficient from my standpoint, even, even my initial laboratory for me is just scratching the surface. Yeah. No, I go way, I mean, way, way deeper because you can find answers to things. So for example, here's, um, here's, here's what a real genomic test looks like. It's pretty dang big versus some of the stuff you see sold online. Some of these, you know, companies, uh, you know, selling methylation tests where they look at four or five different uh, methylation markers and then, oh, magically you need to be on some special B vitamin or, you know. All right. Uh, so injectable. If you're going down this road, make sure your doctor's doing some comprehensive yeah, testing. Because, you know, that kind of testing will give you answers. So for example, I get in there, I can see now what your body is or is not doing and may or may not require. And I can get very specific. For example, um, in this one individual, they have uh, a defect in the melanocortin receptors. And so the issue was, is they never felt full ever. So they would eat and they never got the sensation of I'm full, I've had enough food. Their sensation was, oh, I'm bloated now, or I'm up to here with food, I need to stop. So they never got that, that, that their density of receptors is small, so they just don't have the leptin secretion. Well, we actually have a peptide that engages those receptors. And as soon as we gave them that peptide, that was the first time in his life he goes, I was eating and actually felt full. Like I, I, I had the sensation of I've had enough food. Yeah. So yeah. those kind of tests are amazing because you can really, and they just get a, they keep giving more and more information. When we first started, you know, using those, you know, a decade ago or so when they were super expensive, trying to find the utility of them and the specificity of them was difficult. Now it's getting to a point, you know, I can glean through that information and come up with a pretty solid and strategic supplementation plan to optimize your body. And then, you know, as you glean through that information yourself, the patients will have a lot of aha moments where they're like, oh my God, this is why I've had this problem. And if I do this, sure. look what happens. Yeah. And so as with, as with most things health related, it's not yeah. so dry. the more testing you're doing, the yeah. more, the more strategic you can be with things. Like, uh, you know, gallery tests or grail tests, the 52 cancer screens, um, uh, genomic testing, all, all these different items, intracellular nutrient testing, DEXA scans, uh, carotid ultrasounds, coronary CT angiograms, calcium scores, sure. all this kind of, the more data you get, the more strategic you can be with your program to help your overall health and wellness and your longevity. So you know, getting the cursory CBC Chem 7 and the calculated cholesterol profile for your insurance company, okay, that's great, but that's not really telling you much. Yeah, I got to have serious disease to have abnormalities in those things. Sure, sure. So for, for, for some people who might utilize that to give them their diagnosis to, to maybe in this particular case, start utilizing testosterone, I imagine a a good percentage will start to feel better for a, a percentage of them. It won't be the answer to 
why yeah, it, may, it may not be and it's it can be yeah. can be a little bit tricky right 100 because sometimes that's not really what the problem is right. you know there's so much focus put on one hormone and it may not that may not be the issue well i think you, know? you said around the toxic toxicity issues if you're not yeah. looking at that right well if you're you, not know, you have you person. have growth hormone you have testosterone you have dhea you have pregnenolone you have cortisol then you have all the elements of chronic disease mitochondrial dysfunction insulin resistance inflammation, all these other issues that can be at play. And then what, what's the individual doing? Are they smoking a lot of marijuana? Are they drinking a lot? Are they getting bad sleep? No, not getting restorative, recuperative, regenerative sleep? You know, is there sleep patterns? If I had to pick one thing out of any of them that you've got to get control of and be, be so protective of, it's your sleep sleep. You yeah. got to get that taken care of because if you're not getting that two and a half, three hours of deep sleep, you're not regenerating, recuperating, getting that restorative sleep, everything else is off. That's why a lot of the patients that I see, for example, that are pilots that fly cargo, that fly at night in the area where I'm located, there's a big company and they fly out, you know, LA, South America, and it's all at night. And, you know, you're flying at night, you're up at the wrong time, stressful environment, sitting awake, yep. bored in the dark when you should be asleep. So pilots, a lot of the pilots have some of the worst, worst health that I'll see. I believe that. I believe yeah. that. I mean, we see that with most night shift. Truckers. Yeah. ER, right. police officers, firefighters, um, anybody working night shift, it's just usually their health, they pay the price for it. Are you, and if so, how are you utilizing uh, peptides, the uh, GLP, GIP receptor agonists? Um, in it your depends what how I'm what I'm utilizing them for, right? So they have so many. They have a lot of utility, not only in weight loss, but from cardiovascular protection, addiction behavior. You know, getting somebody out from behind that metabolic eight ball that they're behind. So it can really accelerate. Uh, improvement over 90 days without a doubt. You just have to be cautious in how you're using it. And I always look at a lot of these medications. It's not something that necessarily needs to be used long-term. So if I can get changes in somebody in the next 90 days and get them moving in the right direction, yeah. uh, my goal is always to try and remove particular medications and not make them for a lifetime. It's like, hey, let's let's adjust our habits. Let's get them moving in the right direction. Get them motivated, get them seeing some results, but you do have to be careful with um, with them because if they're in an, already in a catabolic state, you can make them more catabolic, right? Because their their nutrition habits will fall off, and you probably see this doing what you're doing. Most people come in overstressed, underfed, undernourished, too much alcohol, under underfed and undernourished, yeah. and too much alcohol, right? And they can't they can't process nutrients well. And as soon as you bring, you know, as soon as they up their calories a little bit, they start getting chubby again, right? Because their right. metabolism is so slow. So, you know, dealing with that whole issue. I, I like the agonists. I, the GLP-1, GIP agonists, they're fantastic. Thank God we have them. So so the terzepatide. Love it. Terzepatide, you know, terzepatide, testosterone, tesamorelin, you know, third yeah. generation peptide, triple T works miracles but it can't overcome bad nu nutrition it can't overcome bad sleep 
and it can overcome alcohol, right? So, you know, if you're going to negotiate, you know, with your doctor or even with yourself, look yourself in the mirror. And if you're going to sit here and you're going to negotiate with yourself, like, I'm still going to have two or three drinks a week, alcoholic drinks a week. Well, you're just kidding yourself. You're, you're, you're making it more difficult. Yeah. Right? Alcohol is a cardiotoxin. It's a neurotoxin. It doesn't do anything good for you. That's all a lie. You know, it's, it's one giant lie. It's, it's so good, but it's, it must be so frustrating for people to listen to this because there's no concise way to help you other than just giving you these foundational principles that we're just reinforcing over and over and over again. And, you know, I, by the way, for, for those of you listening, when I say that the GLP GIP agonists, we're talking about the semaglutide, you know, the Ozempic, um, the Wagovi, Majoro, right. Um, because I know that's what either you're aware of right now, or you're hearing about, and we like to paint the black and white picture of either these are are all good or stay the heck away from them. And obviously, no, I like would a, put them in the category of awesome. I think they're fantastic, but they need to be used appropriately, right? So if I'm going to structure somebody on this, what's the first thing you do? You get their nutrition straight because generally they're coming in and they're 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 already behind the eight ball. They're overweight. They want to get rid of weight. Right. So they're already catabolic. They're usually underfed. So we got to get their nutrition straight because as soon as you put them on it, they're not going to want to eat because they're going to have no right. appetite. So now the last thing I really want you doing is going into a very low calorie diet because that's just going to further make things worse. So you've got to get their nutrition straight. More often than not, before I even start that, I feed them up, especially let's say, let's take the 35 year old, 40 year old female who's been on birth control pills. Is partying with their girlfriends, has had a couple babies, and now she's into working out. She's working out too much, and she's underfed, and you know calorically restricted for long. She's crashed her metabolism, and yeah. the receptors for you know leptin and insulin they're all blunted. Right. They need to be fed up before you even do. Yeah, I mean we got to nutritionally feed them up before we think about adding in medications and right? muscle mass. We, yeah. Right. So we got to we got to get that taken care of. So oftentimes, like I don't prescribe GLP one GIP agonist in solo. The, the, I don't they're not by themselves. I'm adding in other items as well. So making sure that there's enough leucine on board. Right. So you got to have enough amino acid, making sure they're going to have their B vitamins. What's their nutrition like? You know, I'm going to set their nutrition and say, OK, we're going to consume X number of healthy calories, and this is what it's going to look like. And I may, you know, cycle them through their calories, right? They may be carb cycling at times. Other times I might just be feeding them up for a while. Then you've got the whole menstrual cycle to deal with and, and the cravings. So what are you doing with that? Uh, then if there's toxicities issue, issues, you know, what kind of nutrition, am I, nutritional program am I going to put them on if I'm dealing with toxicity issues? So yeah. it, 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 you can't say that one one program is going to fit all people. It just doesn't really work that way. You really it's need nice, to take an individualized it's, approach. It's nice hearing you talk about the agonist positively, though, um, because I'm seeing really good things. I just think- I see that nothing but good things. 
the caveat here is exactly what you're talking about. It's like, listen, your appetite is going to be limited. That isn't, doesn't give you a hall pass to get by eating virtually nothing or grabbing a Starbucks breakfast sandwich as your calories for the day. <laughs> you actually need to make a concerted effort to get the most amount of nutrient dense food and supplementation that you can to hit these benchmarks of vitamins and minerals within the relatively constricted, you know, mm -hmm. uh, calorie range that you're currently in. And by the way, you also need to make sure that you're still strength training so that we preserve lean muscle tissue through this quote unquote catabolic process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and oftentimes I might even have them on testosterone, which is beneficial, uh, but their nutrient profile, for example, and their, 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 their macros um, you know, if I calculate out that their base needs to be 1500, for example, I might only create a very small deficit while they're, you know, on uh, an agonist because I don't want them at six or 700 calories. Right. I only maybe want a two to 400 calorie deficit at the most slow, steady, slow and steady wins the race, slow and steady wins the race. Yep. You get that rapid weight loss. There, there's always some kind of rebound. I see it's less always, rebound, yeah. you know, with using the, the agonists for sure. Cause they listen, they're fantastic. They do. They really do a good job good. and they can be used very effectively and safely. Last question before we let you go, you mentioned, uh, how you, you promote detoxification multiple times throughout the year. What is uh, the way that you look at detox? What did, what does that look like? What does the practice look like? from a sure. short-term detox standpoint? Depends on the individual and what I think I'm dealing with. So uh, when it comes to removing toxins, we first want to prep the liver because the liver has got to be able to handle it, right? So I, I take a look at like, what do their methylation pathways look like? Because we want to optimize hydroxylation, methylation, those detox pathways. And then in order to move toxins out of the body, you need to create a little bit of a concentration gradient. So where do toxins like to go? They like to hide out in fat cells. So how do we get fat off the body? Putting somebody into ketosis, into nutritional ketosis, is a great way to start liberating fat, right? And we start liberating fat, we're liberating toxins. But now we're putting toxins in the system. We want to make sure that we trap them. And so um, we want to make sure that we have the right uh, nutraceuticals on board. And we also want to make sure we're using activated charcoal to bind the toxins in the gut. So they're evacuated out because it's very easy to re-inoculate yourself, re-intoxicate sure. yourself because uh, the body, a lot of toxins ends up in the biliary system, right? So the bile secreted, you're digesting food. Then that bile is very expensive to be made. So the body has a whole pathway to pull bile back in to be restored. And if you're not trapping those toxins, they just end up back in the biliary system. So you can see a lot of individuals when they don't appropriately do their detox, they end up with like gallbladder sludge awesome. stones, right? So, and then once a gradient's created, then we can start trying to move toxins from central nervous system tissue. So I like a product called Cytodetox. It's been around for a while. There's Cytodetox, Cytodetox with the EDTA. Um, and I'll walk them through that. So I might spend, um, you know, three to six months, even longer, depending if the toxicities are severe enough to, to help move, move them out. But then once that's accomplished, uh, 
I like, for example, two days out of every month, I run a detox because you're constantly being exposed. Yeah. Right. You're, you're it's not like you're not going to drink water ever again, or you're not going to eat food again, or um, you're not going to drive in your car and pull in smoke, you know, whatever you're breathing in, you're getting as well, whatever you're absorbing through your skin. So, you know, running a, a small detox on a monthly basis to keep, keep ahead of the game, so to speak, because it's just, they're everywhere. And it's saying you're not going to be exposed to them and your body can handle them. As you get older, you know, and the, and, and the amount of toxins accumulate in your body, you're going to have more issues. Some people can deal with toxins a little bit better than others, depending on their detoxification pathways and, and different, uh, you know, uh, genetic SNPs, single nucleotide polymorphisms can affect how well you detox as well. So my opinion is, is that we, every single human being walking the planet needs to be detoxing with some regularity. How you go about that, there's different methodologies to do it. But I'm a big fan of trying to get everything out of the central nervous system tissue and take care of what you know that's in it. Like if you have uh, mercury fillings, amalgam fillings, get those out, get those taken care of, get composite yep. put in. You know, sweating, anything you can do. Yeah, sweating, sweating saunas, sauna, exercise, exercise, you know, all those nutrition, good water, mm -hmm. green vegetables. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Like dandelion greens, bok choy fennel garlic all the ones that we know that that do help to aid in detoxification amazing uh dr rob dude just such a pleasure having the opportunity to chat with you yeah, uh, i learned so much uh in this conversation and hopefully our audience did did as well uh tell me my friend where can uh, people find out more about you Oh, I'm easy to get a hold of. You just uh, contact the office. It's Renew Health and the email is support at renewhealth.com. And it's spelled R-E-N-U-E health.com. And you can find me on Instagram too. We'll have um, it in the, uh, we'll have it in the yeah. show notes. I've got it. It's, You've uh, got it? Yeah. Yeah. We've got it at uh, Dr. Rob. Common, common Eric. Yep. Common Eric. Uh, yep. My man. Yeah. So we'll have those links. Uh, do you, are you taking new patients? Do you do? Yeah, we, we currently are. I'm just about a capacity. I do try to keep my, I'm, I'm not, um, uh, what do I want to say? Um, I, it's never been my goal to see thousands and I've thousands and thousands sure. of clients because, you know, I like to, um, I, I know all my clients. I like having a relationship with them. So I love it. Well, if we have a little bit of flux, you know, some go, then the new ones come in and, you know, my yeah. goal is really, if I can, is to heal you, get you on your way and you know what to do then there's some clients that just need to stay with us. So are you in Florida? Yeah. So my main office is in Ohio and then yeah. um, in North Carolina in Chapel Hill and then uh, Naples, January, February, March. I love it. Thank you, yeah. sir. Appreciate it. Have a great rest of your week. Talk soon. Yeah, you too. Enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you in your nutrition journey for free. One, Grab a free copy of my Fat Loss Fix Guide at fatlossfixguide.com. Two, join my free group at smartnutritionmadesimple.com. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel at smartnutritionmadesimpletv.com. Four, leave a five-star rating and positive review so that we can gain access to more nutrition experts ready to share their knowledge with you and ultimately help more people make smart nutrition simple.